beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. I am so excited about today's chat. I mentioned James in an earlier episode when I chatted to Craig about the person who bit through his lip when diving into the sea on Clifton Beach. My dear friend James is that person. You will hear that James and I met when we were both quite active on the party circuit of Cape Town in the late 90s. It is not exactly the most spiritual space, but over time we have both walked interesting paths and find ourselves in exciting places in our lives at the moment. James owns a most amazing non-governmental organization called Utandu. They do phenomenal work in support of the less privileged in and around Cape Town. This is truly a hard calling and takes an unknown amount of spiritual fitness to deal with what James works with on a daily basis. I know James to be extremely spiritually connected, but we have never actually discussed his spirituality and his journey in this regard. I am really looking forward to this chat. Hey James, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks Fred. And yourself? I'm cool, thank you very much. Good. Lovely, lovely, lovely Saturday. Such beautiful weather outside. It feels like summer's coming, so I'm happy. Indeed. Just That's a little bit a more rain would be nice. <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> rain, a hell of a lot of more rain. We were in Cape Town this morning and um, at the waterfront, and the sea was so beautiful. Mm. Absolutely amazing. So I'm very happy that we had that experience. James, I asked you to come and talk to me today. And I always have this, uh, how can I call it? psychological thought process that I go through before I talk to somebody because I try to connect with what do I know about your spirituality and your spiritual journey and those type of things mm. and it surprises me nine out of ten times that I know nothing about my friend for instance with you I think of you as an immensely spiritual person mm. I don't know what brought you to the place where you are now and whether you have any kind of associated attached meaning to your spirit to mm. your spirituality mm. i don't know what you believe in what you those type of things we just never talk about <laughs> i know you believe the world's coming to an end <laughs> well I, I, don't, I don't believe the world's coming to an end i think uh, consciousness is changing now so fast the world is changing so fast that it's it's forcing people to confront all sorts of issues and demons possibly it's really dawning on me recently that I run an organization, uh, which is now 10 years old this month, yeah. called Love, Otandu. Yeah. And what language is that? It's a Zulu Otkosa word. Okay. And I'm, I'm thinking a lot about spirituality. Well, not thinking, I'm feeling it because I'm, I'm reaching a crescendo, I think, in confronting a lot of my own issues. Okay. Which, you know... You and I have come a long way together. 20 <laughs> years of friendship, actually, almost. You're right, yeah. And um, through the party days and all the good <laughs> days and when we were f young, footloose and fancy free. And uh, yeah, I think I'm starting to really, I think I've taken a lot of things for granted. Running and starting an organization when one's so involved in it. And, and now... I think I'm in a far more reflective space where I'm really reflecting on where I am and 
what's happening in my life and what's happening in our lives because there's so much craziness happening and one has to go deeply within i think at the moment to find the peace yeah to find the peace and the growth i've spoken a lot over the last few years you and i've had many conversations about you know life and and one sort of speaks but actually i th- i really feel like now is the time to really go deeper to transcend the madness that is unfolding everywhere in the world it does feel like madness doesn't it well you know i i'm constantly searching for interesting people and um and views and i think it's on the internet there's there's a lot of uh one has to be quite discerning but yes there is an, a huge amount of craziness and actually i think the human condition is fundamentally rooted in absolute madness <laughs> i mean if you think about our society it is insane yeah um and i think that we are all searching to go back to an original space back to in nature which is perfectly formed in compassion and love and beauty and uh all of these sort of concepts and our civilization has disconnected us from that i was on twitter the other day and most things that i follow on twitter will be other politics or sport and i was reading this stuff and it suddenly dawned on me i feel as if i'm on bad drugs yeah i can't believe i can't believe what i'm reading that that this is real that these things are really happening around me mm. it was such a weird experience i felt so disconnected from from reality <laughs> you know, a friend of mine always says you know reality used to be a friend of mine yeah <laughs> and it sometimes feels as if i should also just just say farewell to reality but that will take me back to my addict to my addiction days because that's what i tried to escape from was reality you know i remembered the other night the night that i that i met you we oh my were god you remember we, that <laughs> We were at the same party. We didn't talk. We were just in two completely different groups at the same party. I ended up in the kitchen on the floor with a salad bowl of dough. <laughs> and we just kept on rolling the one joint after another, getting so stoned. Driving home that night, it was not far from where we lived. It wasn't even two k's, I would say. And we turned into a road, and it was kind of, it was... possibly a kilometer long and I was driving and I thought god this road is so long it's not going to end mm. and I drove 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 eventually I got to the T junction at the end of the at the end of the road and I just sat there and my partner said to me what are you doing as well I don't know where I'm going <laughs> that's how stoned I was and that's that's part of how I was I preferred not to be in any form in in touch with reality. Mm. But we weren't conscious. I th- I th- we weren't conscious of why we were doing it. We yeah. were it was sort of couched in in fun and but actually I think fundamentally deep down very many of us I mean there's an, an enormous opioid crisis in the US for example. From my limited understanding I think people we are so disconnected from source from the source of nature from po- the power of nature we so disconnected from um each other and and so disconnected from ourselves actually as a result of this 
this cage that we're born into of materialism, consumerism, advertising, marketing, the bombardment, mm. everything that is coming at, at us. I'm really starting to grasp now the, the, the immense pressure that we are under in this, this realm that we, uh, many of us are starting to see through it. Yeah. But if you're, when you're in it and you don't understand it, it's inc- it's it's so overwhelming, yeah. and and that and this is coming out in unprecedented levels of addiction, of violence, of anger. The way people are talking to each other on social media, mm. and it's on the one hand, it's really invigorating and exciting to be able to identify where we where we at, uh, but on the other hand, it's oh, it, it's really. One's very aware of the enormity of transcending the fear that is coming with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm developing a serious problem with media. I was driving in the car yesterday and was listening to a few songs on the radio. I listened to KFM generally. And the Mm -hmm. one song after another, after another, was about the power of beauty... I think the one song was something about I love you because you're beautiful. Mm. <laughs> I thought that is sick. <laughs> and then the other song was also it's all about beauty, it's all about materialism, it's all about falseness, falsehood. And I thought to myself, I, I want to start the radio station where I don't play stuff like that. It's okay to not be beautiful and still love somebody. Mm. It's okay to be fat and be loved. I think that radio station will do very well. <laughs> do you think so? Um, well, I mean, if you look at the how we are, um, you know, I say we born into into this into this cage. Actually, you think about it. We born into this world. From the moment we born into this world, we are bombarded with images, with marketing, with how you know um, a, f- a false reality. Then we go to through this you know, education system, which is churning us out to be obedient consumers. Uh, (laughs) Then we go into this world where it is, it's it's a complete unreal situation. I mean, war, the vitriolic way in which people speak to you on social media, these are not natural states. Yeah. And especially when you look at the, um, the big cities, we're still lucky here in Cape Town. We, we're fairly connected to the earth still. But big cities around the world, you know, what are people doing on a Saturday? Shopping. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you just have to look at a queue in Woolworths. <laughs> you know, all the magazines of what the media is portraying, how you should be living in, yeah. in a beautiful designer house. And, you know, you should be wearing that and you should look like this and all the rest of it. Wow. We it's, lived through it. We it's made a, it. It's oppressive. <laughs> well, we, because, we, we still, I, we're still making it. We're, yeah. still, you know, we're still dealing with those issues, all of us, I think. I can eventually say at the age of 50 that I really don't care a fuck about what I wear, whether you like what I wear or not, whether yeah. it's got a label. I mean, I, I used to meet people and say, I love your shirt. Do you remember that? Yeah. And turn the, immediately grab the collar and turn over to see what label it was. People doing that to you? I did that to people. Oh, oh, you see, I never did that. In fact, this shirt is probably about 
eight years old now, and I bought it at Ackerman. <laughs> it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Czech shirt. It's actually very nice. And it's it's fascinating. I've got three Czech. They're all different color Czechs. Okay? It's beautiful colors. And they were dirt cheap. They've lasted. And I can't tell you how many gay boys have said to me, wow, they love this shirt. Where did you get it? <laughs> I'm like, actually, you wouldn't put your foot into Ackerman's. I'm not allowed um, to tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think maybe this is just an age thing. I don't know. I think um, it's age. Maybe it's people who are, you know, searching for their true self and wanting to be their best self and not worried about it. You know, in conversations we had, the moment Donald Trump came down that escalator, <laughs> I said he was going to win. You, you said it and all the time. And, and true as I said that, it was a feeling, it was a, a sixth sense, it was an intuition. There is enormous crisis coming for the world. In fact, we're in the midst of it. Yeah. And as this crisis unfolds, it's going to force people to confront all sorts of realities and all sorts of demons. Yeah. And that is the change of consciousness. It, it's, it's people becoming aware of their awareness. Yeah. Running a nonprofit organization, I sort of alternate between absolute despair and absolute inspiration. Yeah. And you do amazing work. Do you want to tell the listeners what you do? <laughs> well, so Utandu, Utandu means love in Zulu or Koso. And it's... Um, it's a non-profit organization that is really linking tourism with community development projects. So the idea is to use the resources of the tourism industry globally um, that is focused on South Africa, use those resources to invest in community development projects. We are sustainable in the sense that we also run tours taking visitors into the townships to go and visit really inspiring change-making community development projects led by remarkable South Africans, yeah. people who really reflect the best spirit of triumph over adversity, very often with little reward, their stories are untold. And so we take people into these areas to go and see children doing ballet or go and sit with the beautiful seniors or walk around these spectacular vegetable gardens in the townships. I mean, we've published two books. We've just finished building an educare center. Um, and you're busy building another one? Or that's 12th of January. Up. Yeah, we, we'll be starting with the, with the fourth one. Oh, my God. Um, that's amazing. We drove, when you drove into town today, we drove past a, a little bus for Dance for All. Mm. And I was so excited. And I said to Yaku, that's one of the projects that the Tandu supports. I think you do amazing work. It really well. I'll give you an example. Today we were uh, we had a group. We were in the township, and the last project we visited uh, was dance for. I uh, was uh, Zama dance. Okay. And they had actually we arrived just at the end of their morning session, and they were they performed a piece for us that they are performing on Wednesday at a charity event for um, to raise money. It's dancers for dogs. Okay. The Baxter Theatre. Oh, lovely. To raise money for sterilization. Fantastic. And the piece that they actually they've been working on all year, it's absolutely, it's breathtakingly beautiful. And Leanne, who choreographed the piece, she was telling this group of 12 American, British um, and Europeans, 
she was telling them about the piece before they performed it. So it's probably about 20 kids, boys and girls, ranging in age from eight to, you know, mid-teenagers. So really young. Um, really young. In the middle of the dance piece comes an Afrikaans song about uh, an Afrikaner farmer who's going through these tremendous struggles because of the drought and crime and all this sort of stuff. And um, what she wants the dance piece to reflect. So this song comes on, this beautiful, this Afrikaans song, which is very sad and melancholy. And you have these young black kids dancing to it. (laughs) And the way in which they dance, it sort of reflects their compassion for these farmers and their understanding, even though they can't relate to them without being too political. And it, I, honestly, I've seen it. A f- I've seen the piece a few times now, but it, I get almost tearful, and it's so powerful. When I'm in that zone, there we are in this dance school in the middle of Gugaletu, <laughs> and the the tangible faces of these visitors, the feeling, the, you can see how, what they're feeling, yeah. and in that zone, that is where life makes sense for me. Okay. There's no black, there's no white, there's no rich, no the poor, there's no American, there's no South African. We're all in this together. We're just humans. We're all trying to make the best of, of the situation. And it's incredibly powerful. And so the tours, actually, for me, when we're taking clients, and, and they are interesting, and they are interested, and we're in the townships, and they're at these projects, and they're learning, there's, a, there's mutual respect there's a tangible sense of, of, of love, yeah. really. And it is... Of really utandu. <laughs> it's really the, utandu. Yeah. And that is, is hitting the nail on the head. That, for me, is the zone where life makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. James, how did you grow up? Did you grow up with religion, with spirituality, with Buddhism, with what? No, we weren't particularly, well, we weren't a religious family at all. We were, however, a very political family. So um, I think every single day of my life growing up, both politics, and I definitely grew up as an activist. I actually lost interest in school, pretty much. I was more interested in scrapping the Group Areas Act and <laughs> opening up our schools. You must, to have been, all, you must have been popular. <laughs> opening up our schools to all races and all of these, you know, sort of issues but looking back actually you know i mean this is the wonderful thing about age and 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 wisdom even though i held all those views i didn't question i didn't question colonialism for example and the impact that the english-speaking people had had on south africa and i still had this you know belief in (laughs) in this global neoliberal economic model of exponential growth and you know, more of everything, more of shopping malls. And, and it's amazing how getting older and, 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 and growing and seeing the fruitlessness of that whole system yeah. and, and actually how it's compromised everything, the environment, people. So, yeah, I think uh, Utandu is just an extension of the activism. But I, I love where I am right now because I don't... You know, I'm, I can see through everything. I can, the monetary system, the, the entire human civilization that we have built is built on lies and deceit. <laughs> it really is. I giggle, but I giggle. That's, that's a nervous giggle. So 
you went to varsity after school and studied law. Mm. Why law and not political science? Um, you know, I think I, I, I was particularly interested in law because I saw law as the vehicle for change. Okay. Maybe I was a bit arrogant as well, thinking that I, I maybe arrogant and, and uh, precocious, um, thinking that I, you know, was maybe going to go into a life of uh, politics and, and a career of, you know, politics, basically. Because a lot of law people end up in politics. Sure. I mean, F.W. de Klerk was a Well, many, Zach de Beer, I mean, or yeah. not Zach de Beer, sorry, but yeah, many, many politicians were lawyers. And I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I studied law, but I must say the reality is, I, I, I cannot bear conflict. Um, Me as well. I'm I, raising my arms. I, like a, I cannot bear it. And you, you were going um, to make your life from conflict. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yo, you were a lawyer. You were practicing when I met you. Yeah, at Francis Thompson, I qualified. Yeah. So something that, that, that comes to mind, sorry, I want to take a step back. And so you were a non-religious person caught up in the Christian national education system. Yes, like how did, all of us. Yeah. How did you deal with that at school? Was it just something you had to do? So you kind of went through the motions and of religious education at school and those type of things. I didn't really think I, I, I did at school I did actually have a, um, a, a probably a, a year or two of um, religious involvement I had a friend who belonged to a charismatic church and I got invo- involved in the in going to the Friday um, youth but um, I don't think I ever really believed in um, in God as such I mean like a you know the God in terms of the Christian sense and I religion for me is just like formal religion. I it just it's freaks you the fuck out. It completely <laughs> does. It's uh, you know the, it's the I can I just see so much fear in it. You know, as David Icke says, you know, human race, get off your fucking knees. You're on your knees. Get off your knees. You're all powerful. You know, just. Uh, yeah, can't do this, can't do that, you know. It's like we, we are these incredible, you know, we're part of this incredible system of of nature, which is like a powerful river. It just water finds its way. But through all these man-made rules and fear, we've created the system based on fear. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I also grew up on a farm, ah. a small holding, and the you know the happiest memories i have are just being out on in nature and planting trees and being in the garden and and getting my hands dirty and that's still one of my greatest joys um being in nature is where i feel at peace yeah with the so world you joined a hiking club yeah i mean i've hiked all my life really i've tried to be out hiking walking going to the beach spending time in my garden i'm so jealous of your garden it's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of work that's gone into it. I wish I had more space for it to be more of a natural garden, yeah. you know, rather than um, sort of all created and it is what it is. Yeah. I've now gone phase four of waterizing my garden. Every now and then I kind of rip out a lot of underperforming water needed plants and I replace them with succulents, basically. And well, I'm really surprised. I like the result. 
Yeah. There's a lot of, of things that really look beautiful, and I'm so chuffed. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, look, it broke my heart today. I actually took three azaleas out and threw them away. Breaks my heart to throw a plant away, yeah. but uh, azaleas are thirsty, thirsty plants. They need a lot of water. And, um, you know, I'm quite proud of myself. I've really, doing my bit for the drought, I've put in two water tanks. Ah. Three, a 2,000 litre at the back, at the front and a 1,000 litre at the back. And on my tiny little pool, I've put in a quite an expensive addition to backwash the pool so that the water is not being wasted. It, yeah. it goes back into the pool. Yeah, we're backwashing into a Jojo tank. Okay. And then pumping back into, into the pool. Okay. Yeah, well, we've, it's a we've made a trustee decision. In, I live in a complex and we've decided to close the pool for summer. It's just not going to be operational. We are truly living in unprecedented times. It's freaky. It really, it, the idea, the actual reality that you, you that you can't turn on the tap and there won't be water. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, again, it's one of those, Yeah. that can't be real. And, and, and the only way to transcend all of the stuff that's going to come at us is to go deep inside, is to find that peace, listen to beautiful music, get out in nature, commune with nature, cherish your friendships, cherish your relationships, because it's going to get rough. When I meet you, you will, I will never forget. Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that one friend said to me at that same party where I met you, kind of, oh my God. That guy just has the most beautiful body. <laughs> and now you're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could still. <laughs> and our friendship was based around the party scene. Yeah. Really, really parting. And, and it wasn't in any way connected with any form of, of spirit. I think the closest to spirituality we came was possibly when we did mushrooms or acid or something like like that. And we thought that that, that was spiritual. Ecstasy. <laughs> oh, the love. <laughs> you left the, the lawyer's firm and then helped people to leave South Africa. Yeah, well, I, I was introduced to um, a guy from New Zealand who uh, needed a South African lawyer to assist with the legal side of paperwork for people going to New Zealand. And um, it just seemed like a lot better than uh, commercial litigation because I was working for a commercial litigation yeah. firm. Plus, it provided opportunities to travel to New Zealand, travel, Australia yeah. a few times and the long-term view of potentially living in New Zealand. Okay. Which was that, that, which was that on, the, on the card at that stage? Well, you know, I mean, I, I was... I. Traveled a lot in my life after university, living in London and traveling all over Europe and the US. And I, I still had a deep passion for travel. Um, the idea of potentially living in New Zealand and, you know, traveling in Asia and, and that part of the world seemed quite appealing. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed the time that I spent with Protea Pacific. Oh, is that what they're But yeah? eventually it was, you know, coming back to that, my source again, you know, it felt wrong. Yeah. Helping professional people and qualified people to leave South Africa. So the novelty wore off and I was like, okay, this is not not where this I is want not to what be, I yeah. want to be doing and and actually we it also pretty much reached ahead because of the, the change of law in New Zealand that I would have actually I had to move to New Zealand. Okay. And um as absolutely spectacular as New Zealand is, 
I don't want to be there. Yeah. I want to be here um, in South Africa with all its warts, with all the crime. This is where I want to be because this is where we find purpose. And um, this is where I find purpose, yeah. should I say. Anyway, so, th- I mean, through a, I then ended up working with inspirational places and um, getting into the tourism industry, marketing South Africa and traveling to Europe and So you kind UK. of flipped, flipped the coin around. Yeah, I was very... <laughs> they, they, they really, I was very... Uh, you look, I was very... Uh, it was also a very difficult time in my life because of the crescendo of the party years. And... Um, Personally, I think I also, you know, needed a change and um, I was very lucky to have met people like Chris Weir who, you know, who really helped me as well um, through a a transition and gave me an opportunity, which was a life-changing opportunity because if I hadn't taken that, um, and it's funny how life works, sometimes people, places, events happen and you don't know, but it's going to form the foundation for something else, something yeah. much greater. I remember and those years for you as tumulus. It was nearly as if at that stage in your life, a spiritual crisis developed. Mm. Number one, you were, you were still kind of partying, but it's as if physically you couldn't exactly live up to the challenges of what your job expected from you. But also then living, working with, with such immense wealth and so much money yeah. in the people that they brought into the country and the places that they went to, yeah. while being acutely aware politically of the extreme poverty and all those type of things. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be quite as extreme. I mean, so I, dramatic. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be as dramatic I, as that. <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my years at Inspirational Places. Um, the property owners had amazing properties. They were very ma- inspiring, innovative, kind people. It was a joy to be marketing South Africa, yeah. to be knowing that you're also helping for job creation. But yeah, they were my party days as well. There was, there was no sort of thought. You, dichotomy is a very good word. Because on the one hand, I was, you know, loving traveling and um, uh, enjoying my work. But I also, and partying a lot. Uh, but I also had this deep yearning to fulfill my desires to be making a difference and to help. Yeah. And so I'll never forget once uh, with inspirational places, we, we, this is, it's actually how funny the, the seeds were already being planted for Utandu at that time. Because once a year, we used the resources of the tourism industry to put a spring picnic together for the children from Nazareth House. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Because in 2001, I started volunteering at Nazareth House, um, where I actually went to spend an afternoon once a week for a year with the children yeah. at Nazareth House, just playing with them and spending time with them. And and I, I had this, I've always had this yearning to be doing something, to yeah. be in the trenches, helping, being involved. It's not about the money, it's about the human connection. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> one night... Uh, we had one Saturday night, we were in the clubs and had been potting on <laughs> E the whole night and having a great time. 
And then the next day, there I was at Constantia Aitzik in a jumping castle with two nuns and 50 <laughs> black kids. Uh, and that was the dichotomy. <laughs> you know, so... I love that. There, there I was the, at, uh, you know, the, um, the, the Saturday night in a gay club with, you know, lots of beautiful guys on ecstasy and having a great time with my friends and, and partying. And the next day, there I am in a jumping castle. Um, and that was the dichotomy. Yeah. And I, I don't think there was really much, there wasn't, you know, we all, it's so easy to say we're spiritual, you know, put the incense on and get in the <laughs> bath and smoke a big weed, smoke a big joint and you're yeah. spiritual. And I think as a result of the consequences of the partying over the, you know, those years and and the consequences of that on, on our health, my health, going into my 40s and and then going into the work of Utandu and a lot of the pain that's come with the last few years of confronting myself, confronting my issues, confronting the issues of the world, that has brought serious pain. Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to come out of that. I feel like I'm, I'm finally starting to maybe accept spiritual principles. Yeah. It's taken me 46 years. <laughs> I definitely so think Utandu was your spiritual awakening, if I can call it that way. Yeah, for, for, for me, that was where you really started questioning and searching and trying to understand. Because I think a big part of your journey with Utandu was that understanding of the one part of the world is X and another part is Y. And you're trying to bring the two together. And on paper, it looks ideal, but it was so difficult. I mean, you, you went through really difficult times. Yeah, look, I think I've always had that awareness. I mean, even at university, I tried to volunteer for um, centers as a, for abused women and children, for example. But I have also been incredibly wrapped up in ego and, dare say, maybe even narcissism. In that whole gay party scene, getting wrapped up in that, and yeah, now I'm getting older, and the body's not what it used to be, and <laughs> I'm having to confront myself, minus all of that, yeah. you know, all of that exterior. Yeah, and it's 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 a wonderful journey. It's been a very difficult journey, letting go of that all and immersing myself, and I think I'm in this reflective state, recognizing the the power of of utandu and and what's been established and recognizing that it has been a profound part of my spiritual journey but i haven't always been aware of it yeah and also one gets very wrapped up in the logistics the administration of running a business and that really wears one down yeah it it, it leads to the possibility of losing your mojo even actually because it's highly stressful, you know, running the logistics of it. Um, Yet you're doing it amazingly successfully. I mean, is there this hardly a tourism award that Utandu <laughs> hasn't won? Is is there a sense of ego in, or is this just this just really something that is a byproduct of of the work no, you do? No, I, I, you know, when it comes to Utandu, when we've won these incredible awards, I have been the very first to shout out on every single social media that it has been one huge team effort. Yeah. 
it's very easy to let these awards go to one's head and pat yourself on the back. But really, uh, I'm very aware of showing, as a deep spiritual principle, constant gratitude. Yeah. I And especially this month, I've been contacting people, you know, who've been on tour with us, our donors, tour operators, people who've been connected to Atandu, just expressing a deep, deep, deep gratitude. Because without many team players from all around the world, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So it's it's just about being a catalyst. How do you thank yourself? <laughs> I know that we've had a few conversations about me saying, okay, so you're winning all these bloody prizes, but I don't see you. You were extremely grateful for it, but it was nearly as if you didn't take time to stop and say kind of, James, you did this. I think I'm very hard on myself. Yeah. I haven't always managed myself very well in terms of balancing my time and and my my health really has I think at times taken a bit of a knock to achieve the objective. I'm I'm finding the balance. I'm being forced to find the balance now. <laughs> Life is a way to force and, you to kind of <laughs> Yeah, I'm just spending time with people, with my friends, being out in nature and being kind to myself allowing myself to just be quiet yeah. and still. That's definitely where I'm at right now. Yeah. An interesting thing just for the listeners is James would have come tomorrow, but he's going for a hike. So that would just fill the day up too much. So he asked that we do it tonight. And we agreed to do it early and have a quick supper afterwards so that James could actually go home and relax. And that's really important. I think it's, it's awesome that you can't say, this is what I need for myself. Because mm. this is what we need to do. If life's demands are going to pull us apart. Mm. James, the last question. Two. I've, I always had the last question, but there's another one. If you have to summarize your spirituality, <laughs> is there a way to box it, to define it? I think it's... Um, I would probably have to say that it's... Spirituality for me would be very tied up with a perseverance to be my best self and to live in to live according to principles that are fundamentally rooted in the natural scheme of things you know love respect kindness compassion which are concepts that are perfect in nature nature functions yeah. with all of those concepts and i know how i feel when i'm in that vibration when i'm operating in that frequency like today on that tour yeah my frequency i know was right there it was in that space that's awesome. so powerful yeah. so amazing that makes sense so and those I think are the moments you you, yes. you, you live for that, and that's that, the moment you realize that this is worth it and i absolutely and i i think the spirituality is the awareness of being aware so when I'm doing things that I am aware are draining me, are feeding my ego, are feeding narcissistic tendencies to make sure that I stop or I, I, I stop them or I transcend them and really to get myself into a space where I can operate at the highest frequency possible to be a light in the world. Yeah to bring change, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring compassion. And I, 
I know possibly without, at the risk of sounding not very modest, that I know that that is one of my callings because of how we've operated with Utanda and bringing all these people together. Because yeah. um, you're definitely connecting. You, you bring such a connection for people. And what I love about what you do is also you're keeping that connection. So my, I think my spiritual journey is to be aware of transcending my limitations, which I am very aware of, to go on to fulfill my spiritual destiny in terms of operating at a frequency where I can bring light to the world at a time when we need it. Lovely. Lovely. Last question. Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> I love the, re the initial reaction to that. Everybody I speak to. Laugh. People laugh at it. Or they really kind of become extremely reflective. Mm. I had a lady the other day who kind of went, um, and a very, very long thinking, and then said, I'm absolutely happy. And I thought, that is not the answer I expected <laughs> you know, from, from, from the way she, she, she reacted. So, well, I'm, you know, I don't, I think happiness is, it, it varies from one day to the next. But I would say in general, yes, I am happy. If I can, I can be happier. I could be happier. But as long as I am practicing gratitude, I think I do have a sense of being happy. Okay. So I lied. That was not the last question. What will make you happier? <laughs> to transcend my limitations and fulfill my spiritual destiny, which okay. I am aware of what I, what I can do. And I know where I, I have a deep sense and intuition of what I could be doing, of how much I could be fulfilling my potential, but I need to transcend So the spiritual path will, yes. will contribute to that. That is excellent. James, thank you very much. I really thank you, Freddie. It. Very nice. Very, very. It's my pleasure to be here. Girl, thank you. Well, James surely delivered. I am grateful to him for having shared his journey with us today. It seems that he has come to a deep and meaningful understanding of what spirituality is for him. I wish James personally and professionally a million and one great things moving forward. A giving and caring soul like his needs extra love and attention. May his future be as bright as he can imagine it. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash freddy.org.za or on Twitter at at Freddy. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Be safe. Bye.